guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 137 thank you so much for coming to tune in and the desire for this episode is to be a bit like a warm hug to shake you up to make you feel better to encourage you to be kinder to yourself and i loved loved this discussion and this week it's all about change change sometimes i will change my seat at the table and hubs will be like why are you sitting over there like calm down i just wanted to see the room from a different perspective you know so i try and teach the kids quite um you know from quite an early age that it's okay to sit at a different seat or it's okay to try a different club but it's okay to walk a different route And I think if we start to get this in us, because it's so easy to get set in our little ways and routines are there for a purpose. We all love a little bit of routine every now and again, but sometimes they can be lethal and we need to mix it up. And this conversation was just, oh, it was the mojo to my injection. I just loved it. So our guest this week is called Sid Madge. Cool name, right? So Sid Madge is a brand strategist and founder of the Me Programme. His first book, Me in a Minute, 60 Ways to Improve Your Life in 60 Seconds, became a bestseller and celebrates the work of the Me program. Sid has also done a TEDx talk, so you can have a little listen to that. I'll put all of his details in the show notes and all um, info about me and the work that he does there. Um, yeah, but he's just such a great guy and I know you're going to get a lot from this episode. So be kind to yourself. Be prepared to be inspired and let's jump in, baby. Let's head to Wales and chat with Sid. All the love. Hello, Sid. Welcome to Time for a Mojo Injection. It's so nice to connect with you. Lovely to connect with you too, Jojo. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, first of all, as I've said in the intro, you know, you do so much. So well done and being a a kind of shining light in the world (laughs) and uh i was really excited to talk to you about you know change you know and asking you kind of as an expert because so many people are struggling with change so much has changed over the past couple of years and you know yeah i've been really excited to kind of pick your brain and sort of share your top tips with our our listeners and, and talk about that more so do you want to start by telling us, you know, your thoughts and, and perhaps an experience you've had where it was, it was quite tough and there was quite a lot of change coming your way? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a great saying, isn't there, that no one likes change other than a wet baby. And it's <laughs> kind of, in a way, it's sort of true. But, but what, what I find sort of fascinating is that, you know, I mean, you know, that we, we run courses in education and in businesses and stuff and whatever. And I always ask people who taught them to walk. And people say, oh, my mum, my dad, or my nan, or whoever. And then the next question is, who taught you to talk, or who taught you numbers and everything else? And the answer is, we do. You know, and when we're, and when we're younger, you know, Brenny Brown talks about it, doesn't she, that we're hardwired for struggle. And we're good at adapting when we're really young. But as we get older, we sort of seem to become, you know, not so good at adapting to change. And, and for me, well, well, funny, well, not funnily enough, I mean, sadly, I had to put my dog to sleep on... Saturday night at nine o'clock and you know he's been with me for uh, for 12 and a half years and he is my he has been and is my greatest friend and has been with me through so much and you know when I sort of think about change and I think 
you know, I've come home today from work and he's not here. And it's, it's just the silence is almost deafening. And I, again, I'm asking myself about, so, so how do we cope? How do we get through this? And, you know, it's, it's hard. Change is difficult because it's all the things that we don't like. It's unsettling, it's unnerving, you know, and in a way, I suppose we want to feel psychologically and physically safe, don't we? And when we're not, everything starts to be upset and COVID, you know, has done that. And Bilbo's death on Saturday has done exactly that. Um, Mm, that's tough and it's true what you said I mean especially like with animals as well it's that kind of they're right in their soul you know that kind of connection there's not those masks there and you know those barriers it's just you know it's it's a beautiful connection isn't it so it's, it's trying to process that right and kind of yeah and the thing the thing that that really kind of you know so yesterday I mean obviously you know, I mean, I do quite a lot of exercise and that is one way I do deal with kind of change and kind of keeping myself fairly physically and mentally fit. But all the places that I go to are with him. And yesterday I went for a lovely cycle and all the places reminded me of him. Um, but it's sort of, I don't know, it, it, it just, I mean, you know, and also when I got home yesterday after the cycle, I sort of thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tidy some stuff up and, you know, I'll clean his bed and I'll clean his bowls and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. and. And I realised actually that what he had in terms of possessions was really very little. And I look around this room, two bikes, books and everything else. And animals are just, and especially dogs, they live such a simple life, but such a full life. Yeah. But we don't tend to do that, do we? We have to have all of these things around us. And that just, it just really brought it home yesterday. I thought, gosh, you know, he looked to me for everything. He didn't have pockets. He didn't have a wallet. He didn't have a bank account. He didn't have any of those things. He didn't need that to be completely present in everything that he did. Mm -hmm. And it's really reminded me, and I was writing a newsletter today, actually. And in it, I've said that actually we do overcomplicate things. And the essence of leaving, or leading, sorry, and living a beautiful life is actually in simplicity itself, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and I guess with you know the crazy change that COVID brought it it forced so many of us to strip back it was like you know you can go for a walk and that was your kind of highlight and in those times you were really I don't know about you but I feel like I was just so present in those walks I was like wow this is amazing you know we're out in nature and you know, you would be more aware of the birds and, you know, just the sunset or the sky or the cloud patterns and stuff, because that was kind of what you were living for at, at parts, you know, it was like you would get your walk and that was, you know. But I also think it created that sense of disconnection as well, because it, 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 we were disconnected from all the things that we were kind of used to. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I think that's why a lot of people have struggled and are struggling is because it's asking, it was asking us to reconnect with what actually is vitally important, which is ourselves. And, you know, as you know, in, in, in one of the articles that I wrote about in Change, you know, it's the natural health service. It's, it's all the things out there that are, you mentioned birds, animals, you know, air, you know, all the kind of natural elements, which we seem to overlook in this busy you know kind of world of flying around and getting holidays and doing this that and the other but actually when you strip it all away and going back to kind of Bilbo you know him and I were never happier than we went for a walk or running you know jumping in the sea or doing whatever it's the simple things in life 
that actually are the really most important things, but we just seem to overcomplicate them and overlayer them, don't we? Mm. Um, and I think COVID just, it stripped all that away and said, well, okay, Jojo, okay, Sid, so I'm taking all these things away from you. How you, how's that, how are you gonna settle up now? And it was really, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, people say, oh, Sid, you've written all these books and you, know, you do all these talks and everything else and you've worked with you know, thousands of people. You know, you must have found it really easy. You know, there were times where I really struggled. You know, I hit, a, I hit major lows, you know, bouts of depression where I was just like, I just couldn't create meaning because there was no, there wasn't that fastness and that pace to stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, you get through it and kind of come out the other end and, and I'm much more settled and much more balanced. But yeah, it was really tough. How did you pick yourself back up in, in those kind of low periods? How did you find resilience? I think one of the things that we do on our courses is we do this thing called checking in. And, you know, I mean, I mentioned to you earlier about this program that we were running called Fuel. And we ask primarily students to check in from naught to 10 on how they're feeling. Naught is rubbish and 10 is obviously is ecstatic. And I always do that on a daily basis. I check in with myself and say, well, OK, Sid, where are we today? And at times I was a, you know, a two or a three pretty low. But I know that that number is just, it's a temporary number. Mm -hmm. It's not fixed. And that I can change that to go up and to go down. And that was the thing that you realized is that, you know, whether, I mean, sorry, depression or kind of, you know, a down feeling is like weather. Mm -hmm. It eventually goes, you know, all weather is transient. Our moods are transient. Our feelings can be transient as well. And that we, can be in charge of them you know we can say well okay I feel a bit down one is to recognize and say well it's okay you know if you do feel a bit down and to try and search for where it's coming from you know where's the source of this you know and I know at the moment you know I, I with my team this morning we all checked in and I checked in at a six and I know what it is there's a massive hole in my life but it's okay because that actually is I suppose recognizing that that's where the feeling's from so for me, I always knew that it was going to be transient. And on the courses, you know, when, when, I mean, we had one young lady actually last year who checked in at a minus four. So you can imagine how she was feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, the, the program that we run is 10 hours. It's two hours every week over five weeks or whatever. And she ended up on an eight. She's also written to say she's just got commendations and she's been ordered merits and all that kind of stuff. So she's changed from minus four to an eight, which is massive. But she's realized through the course that that feeling of minus four was temporary. Mm -hmm. It's just how she was feeling for a certain period of time. So I think it's, it's to recognize it and to, in a way, not pay homage to it, it but, but to, to say it's okay. You know, it's okay not to be okay, as the book says. Yeah, you, you speak about kind of almost celebrating rejection or celebrating the, the kind of knockbacks. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I mean, there's a thing, isn't there? Everything happens in life for a reason, you know, and, and Jim Carrey did a brilliant, brilliant talk or speech, was it in 2014, I think it was, at the Maharishi University. And he talked about, you know, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And that's a massive shift. You know, we talk about this in our programmes, you know, if you, if, and he talks about it in his, in, his, in his speech. If you think about love and fear, that on a kind of horizontal axis is massive, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And to say, well, actually, if I'm thinking that life is, gonna, is happening to me and, I'm, and I feel a bit of a victim by all of this, that's, that's in the world of fear. Mm -hmm. But if I actually go the other way and say, actually, you know, life's happening for me and it's teaching me some good stuff and I'm learning all the time from this, 
success. Mm -hmm. I'm living in the world of love and possibility and hope and happiness and whatever. And yes, it can swing. You know, there's a great saying, isn't there, that life is, life is like a river. On one bank is happiness, on, one, on the other bank is sadness. The, the, the key to life is not to spend too long at either one bank, which is true, isn't it? You know, we know what it's like when you go to excess happiness. Then obviously, you know, you kind of tumble pretty quickly. And it's to, it's to I, I think it's just to pay homage to those things and go, it's okay. Um, and for me, it, it really is, you know, there's loads of things that we can do. I mean, exercise for me is massively important in terms of my own mental health. You know, I cycle about 60 miles a week. I run 10 plus miles a week. I must swim two or three miles a week. And that's not because I'm, you know, Mr. Fit, because I'm not. It's just that in those hours that I'm outside doing stuff, it helps me process some of the negative stuff that sometimes I wake up with. I might have had a funny dream. Something might have been said to me. And it just helps me reset, really. Mm -hmm. it's so important do you swim outside or inside i swim everywhere so so if i if i pass a body of water um, whether that's a river a lake or the sea whatever time of the year i have a towel in my car and i've usually got a pair of shorts and i just jump in whatever it is that's there and i do that whether it's minus 10 outside or whether it's plus 10 and whatever yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And I go swimming, you know, in the pool and stuff and whatever. And that's where Bilbo and I, when we used to travel around loads, we would literally just, we'd come across a reservoir and we would, and, and I'm not saying to people to jump into reservoirs because it's, it's not safe and got to be careful, but we would just get in a lake and we would just swim for however long we could, we could afford to, to stay in if it wasn't too cold. Wow. I was swimming this morning. It was peeing down with rain and we've got a group and every Monday morning where we can, we meet for a cold water swim and uh, Mojo Mondays and I stick it. And honestly, I was like, I don't care about the rain. We're meeting. We got there and it was, I think eight of us there and we just swim, you know, had our dry robes and our kind of kit and stuff to keep us cozy after, but no one in wetsuits today. It was just costumes on swimming for 20 minutes um, it was quite cold after um, it was windy but it just felt so invigorating and as you say when you get knocks and you know life can you know you go down you plummet down a bit it just kind of levels things out a little bit doesn't it just kind of yeah rejuvenates you but just gives you that that little something that you need right yeah and it was I think there was a quote and I know JK Rowling's not you know, not, not, you know, she's uh, in some negative press over the last year or two, but, you know, she gave a great quote once and I, I won't, you know, speak it verbatim, but I'll paraphrase. And she said that when you've hit rock bottom, you know that the only way is up. And, you know, we've all hit that rock bottom. And I always think that I always say to people, you can't just bounce back, you know, immediately. You have to grow that foundation, sometimes grain of sand by grain of sand. And whatever you, whatever, however you get through, whatever you need, whether it's a cold water swim or a run or, you know, fresh air or whatever that is, just take out those micro moments to, to reset. And at any point, you know, that checking in score, you can check in and go, well, okay, so I'm a five today. So what would make me a 5.1? And there was a brilliant lad um, on one of our courses last year. And when I said to him, can I have a checking in score? He put 6.1 and I laughed. I was just like, oh my life, that's so brilliant. Why 6.1? And he said, well, why would I be 6.2, Sid? 
and why would I be six? And I was like, you're right. You know, you don't have to go from five to six to seven to 10. You can have a point zero zero one. And I loved that about him. And, and at the end of it, basically the end of the course, Will was a 10. And, and I know in actual fact, he wasn't the 10. He was a 9.9 something. And it just made me laugh because it is, a, again, that increment of point whatever it is or a grain of sand that can just help you, you know, just sort of move up a bit. Yeah, that's so key. And you'd said earlier, you know, about when you get too happy. Um, and I, I'm really interested in that because that has happened to me. And I've got too high, uh, natural, we'll see naturally, um, just from dopamine and, and everything and lost my way a bit. Uh, and often there's a lot more press on the lower kind of feelings of depression and anxiety, not so much hypomania or some would call it spiritual awakening, whatever language you like to use. But when you've, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what advice would you give to people that have felt too, you know, excited or too happy in terms of staying grounded? That's such a good question. <clears throat> I mean, I, the thing that I love is that we are all just energy and matter. So the matter, the physical kind of the elements of us are exactly the same, whether we're blue, pink, purple, black, white, or whatever that is. So when you look at the kind of the elements, we're exactly the same, but it is the energy that kind of brings those physical elements to kind of being, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And I always think it's that thing. And the reason why we've called fuel fuel is that it's around feelings, understanding, emotion, and kind of learning. And we always ask people, so where do you get your fuel from? And that fuel creates that energy, doesn't it? So fuel comes from food, obviously. So for me, it's very much a case of, well, let's, let's have a look at kind of the things that we eat and things that we drink. Well, let's take the extreme, so Red Bull and alcohol and kind of Coca-Cola and very kind of sugary stuff. Well, what's going to be the outcome of that? I mean, the answer is obvious, isn't it? It's high energy, lots of kind of octane in your system, et cetera, et cetera. So you say, well, okay, so what's at the other end, which is kind of water, which is the most natural thing that you can kind of drink. And then you then say, well, okay, well, what types of foods are we kind of consuming when you look at fast foods and stuff that's full of, you know, not necessarily good stuff processed or whatever, well, what type of energy is that going to create? Well, it's going to create a kind of unstable kind of energy. And that's how I should say to people, have a look at what you're fueling yourself with. And, you know, I've had my time, you know, in, in the kind of in the drugs world and, you know, not necessarily proud of it, but kind of went through it. Same with alcohol, don't drink anymore, don't take drugs, don't smoke or whatever. Because I realized that actually, I was doing all of those things because I wanted to create that high, that kind of that excess of energy that made me kind of buzz. But actually all that happens is you get to the top of the cliff and then you kind of almost tumble down again. So for me, I say to people, okay, so, you know, on a scale of naught to 10, where is your energy at? And if some people say oh, I'm a nine or a 10, well, why are you there? You know, what is that? Well, I've had, I mean, some of the people who come to our employment programs who've sadly been unemployed for many, many years, you know, they come in with cans of, you know, of, of these kind of monster and everything else. And, and again, you know, when you look at the kind of the medical research around it, you know, sadly, kids are having heart attacks at young ages, et cetera, et cetera, because of this. And you kind of go, well, OK, is that the best thing? And we, we don't judge anyone, obviously, but is that the best fuel to be giving yourselves? And, you know, the answer is no, it's not. So it's again, it's so how do I manage that phonetic part of my life and what's driving that? You know, I mean, we all, you know, I mean, I can remember when I used to, you know, drink a lot and, and whatever. I was actually quite unhappy inside. And I, again, soul searched and said, well, OK, why am I drinking? It's because I'm trying to escape from something. I'm trying to numb something. 
So again, it's like, well, what are you trying to numb? Um, and going back to who you are and trying to reconstruct that or construct it in a way which is safer and feels better. Mm. What about people? I guess it could be because you talk about, you know, what we put into our body, but also, I guess, what we put into our mind. So if you're perhaps addicted to your work or you're like, so you're really buzzing on like dopamine and achieving, or if you're really like playing, because thing, there's things that can get you naturally high, right? Like music or the cold water and stuff. Have you ever heard of cases where people are just getting too high from things that we would say are healthy for us? That's a, again, another, another great question. I mean, I mean, you're an experiment on you of kind of Wim Hof. I mean, amazing, you know, man, you know, the whole kind of cold water thing. Do I think, do I think, yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing around exercise, isn't there? And having kind of too much dopamine in the system. And obviously, too, I mean, too much of anything is not good for us, yeah. you know, regardless of kind of what it is. Um, and I think it's that, yeah, I, th I think it's that kind of, it's that sense check, isn't it? I mean, I know with my own stuff is that when I, when I, do too much exercise, I'm usually running away from something. I know what's going to happen in the next few months. I'm going to do loads of exercise because of Bilbo not being around and whatever. But that's to kind of mask, that's to kind of numb the feeling that I have to escape from that. Um, I mean, I've never felt whenever I go cold water swimming, I mean, obviously you can't stay in for too long, especially in kind of, you know, in the midst of winter, you know, 10, 15 minutes without a wetsuit is around about what you can kind of, you know, what you can kind of stomach. Um, but I've never had that feeling of, of you just feel so, I just feel when I, when I have that much energy from kind of swimming, I just feel very energetic, but really at peace as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's just knowing. So I guess for people, it's perhaps knowing the things that are good for you. Cause as you say, you can have too much of anything and then it's probably a bit of self-awareness, isn't it? Checking in each day and right how am I feeling do I have as you said do I have too much energy and almost doing a little bit of detective work as to to why that could be right but not being afraid of you know getting that buzzy feeling you know not being afraid of getting excited and stuff yeah we also do I mean there's a little matrix that we do which is around you know so you know wealth health happiness and love and it's like well okay if you look at those four things and there are obviously lots of other things, but you kind of go, well, okay, rate yourself out and ought to turn on either one of those things. And, you know, you know that you can't, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes you're doing really well at work and then your personal life is not so good. And then your personal life is great and the things at work. It's so, you can't, I mean, there's just, it's impossible to have everything, you know, okay. You know, there's always something that's kind of amiss or something happens. But it's just that, it's the Zen thing, isn't it, of just accepting. I accept whatever it is and that whatever comes my way, I hope that I have the tools that, I, that will help me cope. If I don't, then I will ask or I will find them. You know, that's the wonderful thing, isn't it, with the power of Google and everything else, is that whatever mood you're in, somebody out there has kind of experienced it and there's, there's somebody's got the answer, which is wonderful yeah yeah there's there's always an answer <laughs> have you had any advice over the past kind of year or two that's really stuck with you or or like a comforting read or something that's just that would help people who are perhaps going through a tough time right now yeah there's a there's a book um and a kind of webinar and a, a series that a guy called michael singer does and it's called the untethered soul 
And it's a brilliant book. I mean, well, there's a whole series of books that he's done, but The Untethered Soul for me was brilliant. And there was one question that he asks in it, which was, I think in chapter three, do you want to be happy? And it really hit me. It really did. And I sat down and I wrote it down and I kind of went, I do. Choose happiness. And then it's that thing of look inside your heart. I mean, it's, it's that thing, isn't it, Jojo? If you think of somebody who has got an absolute, like Bilbo, never growled, never complained. He, he was attacked, I think, four or five times in his life by other dogs. He never attacked them back. He just, he just kind of, he accepted it. He went on. And the thing is that there wasn't, there wasn't even an ounce of, of harm or hurt or badness in his heart. And in a way, it's the same thing with human beings. It's like a person who is just has, has a kind, loving heart can never be mean. They can't be unkind, but all of us can be. So it's that thing, isn't it? So what is it inside of me that is sort of, that is unkind? What do I need to fix? And that's what was brilliant about Michael Singer's book, which is, okay, if you want to be happy, choose happiness and find all of the things that don't make you happy. We do, well, I'm, I do... I mean, as you know, we lots of work with people, but one of the questions that we ask is if you want to be happy, because happy is quite difficult to quantify, isn't it? I mean, when somebody says, well, let's be happy, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So what we do is you say, okay, write a list of all the things that you don't want to be. What makes you unhappy? And it can be a long list, massive long list. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, okay, let's look at each one of those and not be that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's reacting to maybe somebody's put a post up, maybe somebody's made a comment of me not turning around and kind of reacting. And it's, and it's that type of thing. And that's why with Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, and that question, do you want to be happy? It was a real watershed moment for me. I love that. I'm going to reach, you know, it's funny because I that came up somewhere about a week or so ago. So obviously I'm meant to read it. <laughs> You'd love it. You'll love it. it. It's such a, and he does a great interview, you know, with, with the great Tony Robbins and, you know, it's interesting, but, you know, Tony Robbins is who he is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you listen to Michael Singer, and Michael Singer is just like this sort of zen, cool, calm guy. Yeah. And, you know, Tony's all kind of fire and all the rest of it. Michael's just this, this, this kind of wonderful tranquility. It's beautiful. So do you prefer that style rather than the Tony Robbins, boo, boo, boo? Oh, I can't be doing all that. I mean, I, I signed up to his new year, new, new year, new challenge thing, uh -huh. you know, and went through those. And, you know, I love the guy. I think what he's done and changed people's lives, I think is fantastic. But it's too much. Um, it's just too much high octane stuff in there. It's just like, whoa, I was tired. <laughs> I wonder if he does just totally have this really chilled side, though, that people don't get to see as much. Do you know, I mean, I'd be quite interested to know what he does you know, to totally unwind. <laughs> the real Tony. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think he's not like that. I think that's very much, uh, you know, that's, that's him. That's his persona and everything else. But I think inside, you know, and you think of his story about his mom and what he went through, I think there's a very sensitive side to Tony that, you know, is, is as beautiful as, as the work he does. Yeah. Oh, it's funny it's different different styles and, and different times in our life but um you know i really love what you've been saying and I'll, I'll do a blog about it and um share it too just you know for for people to have a read over um and i always ask people what what song helps to release the mojo what what really helps you to to fire that up oh that's such a good question i like that the song question 
Ooh. Um, I, do you know, I, the one that springs to mind, and it's not, it's not one I often listen to, but it's Katrina and the Ways and Walking on Sunshine. I mean, I think that's such a, I know it's pretty sort of obvious, but it's such a, it's just a, such a happy walking on sunshine. Yeah, let's just do that. I think yeah. I, I'd have to pick that one for now, yeah. I love it. Walking on sunshine all the way. And even if it rains, the sun will come back out. Woo woo. <laughs> Absolutely. How about you? If you were to pick a song, which would you pick? Oh, goodness. So many, so many. But you know, we had friends around the other night and I kept blanking. They were like, I was like, you pick, you pick. And um, you know, when you do that, like, you totally blank. But I like a real mix. Like, I always find, you know, when I ask people and hear, like their songs that I'll get ideas from a playlist or like, oh, I've not thought of that one. I mean, I like anything from like electro music to 80s to 90s dance to, to chart music to indie to, you know, such, such a mix. I love it all. And I love Sam Smith's voice. So if I want to chill out, I go in the blow up hot tub and I put a bit of Sam Smith on and just love his, his notes and stuff. Um, so yeah, a real mix. But yeah, it's been so nice to chat to you. Thank you so much. And um, where is the best place for people to, obviously I'll put stuff in the show notes and on the blog, but where's the best place for people to reach out to you? Uh, go to our website, which is me, which is m with three e's dot global. And you'll find us there. Amazing. Any final words of wisdom for people that you would like to share? <laughs> yeah don't be tough yeah but don't be too tough on yourself you know don't beat yourself up you know if you're in a bad way things change everything does happen for a reason however trite that may sound coming from me um and find the lesson in everything you know with bilbo passing it's horrendous you know yesterday i was a blubbering mess mm. but i can only thank him for showing me that kindness truly wins the day mm. and I'll spend the rest of my life being kind and finding kindness in everything and the joy in it as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's so inspirational. Thank you for sharing that. Very welcome. Thank you so much. It's, it's been amazing. So thank you for bringing your energy and encouraging us to, to ride it all out. <laughs> You're a star. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jojo. Lovely to meet you. And you. Sid, you inspired me so much. What a trooper. Thank you so much for bringing the mojo. So one for your playlist, Katrina and the Waves. I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, and it's gotta feel good. Oh yeah. How can you not shake and twerk your butt to that? I am off to grind on down. Thank you so much for being here, guys. All the love to you and yeah, judge less, live more, and let's um, shake up and wake up that mojo. Mwah.